Hey guys, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, congratulations, lucky you. Uh, welcome to Content Candy's new, 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 new show. It's called Garmin Shows Ya, with myself, Video Drew, and Lon Harris, talking about entertainment news, or whatever we find on the internet, or whatever comes to our head. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, what have you. And make sure to check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways you can support this network, this brand as we continue to grow. Love you. check my levels because they look Are good you looking at our levels i mean yeah but i don't know which levels refer to which thing that doesn't i mean i i, I trust you are I, louder you're number three i'm number one i'm yeah I'm, and that's the dog that's, that's gonna happen periodically uh guys welcome to garmin shows ya. it's right? a new show it's an old idea <laughs> it's a year old idea but a new <laughs> show it's a year Year long in the making show, in which the year was spent not making the show, but yes. we do have theme music, which is pretty cool. We're we're way we're starting now, mm-hmm. but we're way ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. There's been like a year of very lackadaisical pre-production on this bad but, boy. Yeah, uh, I'm Drew Grant, by the way. Video Drew, as you might know me from the Schmodown, if that's where you know me from, and uh, we have with me my co-host for this show, which is. Me, Lon Harris from uh, from Screen Junkie slash Fandom and yeah. Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. Binge Boys. And oh yeah, how's Binge Boys going? Binge Boys going. We're gonna start this podcast by talking about my other podcast. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How's that's, Binge Boys? That's how you know like nothing is going on in your life when no. you're doing podcasts. We're talking about your other podcasts. Whoa. It's because I'm used to doing shows where like I have special guests on, so I'm like, what's your yeah, deal? No, I. Uh, yeah, no. You. Th- this is what most I have going on. You're being very accurate right now. It's this and Binge Boys. Uh, Binge Boys is going great. Uh, I. We, I feel like when we first started it, it was like very buttoned down. Like we didn't know how to not be like Siskel and Ebert. Okay. And we were just like, hello, Hal. Welcome to the program. Today we'll be reviewing a number of very fine TV shows. And it was just like so weirdly formal. And it took us it took us a, a few months to like knock that down and just start being our, ourselves. So you started doing more bits or less bits? We're doing, it's a lot less bit. Like the bits <laughs> were like, and now at this moment in the Binge it's Boys like podcast, sketch, yeah. please picture me smoking like I'm on 50s television. Like, yeah. well, we've got another segment on the Binge Boys podcast we're yeah. really proud to bring to you folks. Uh, Halbert and I are going to <laughs> uh, discuss some of the news stories and then we've got a funny, hilarious guest going. Like it was really, it was, it was, it was like that. It was like now for something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It had that, it had that like weirdly like John Cleese in a suit behind a desk energy for mm-hmm. sure and uh, and the, and so even when we would do a character how I'll be like well on a very special guest has just oh dropped God. by my house and I'm Yikes. gonna bring him in right now hello Lon like that's what he would do uh, 
And so thankfully we've gotten away from a lot of that and it's more just like us talking and having fun. And there are still characters and bits and stuff, but we just go into it. We don't have to like... See, when I remember, I remember being on Twitch, so I think I've always remembered it as more of a video segment thing. So right. like imagining that as like a podcast actually seems to make more sense, but like a character showing up uh, versus it being like live on Twitch. Yeah. And, you know, How will still, he really, he likes doing, that must he be. He dresses an, up. No, he doesn't. <laughs> thank God he doesn't dress up. That would be weird. Because uh, it's not a video show. It is just. To, I he, guess now it is just. He would be dressing up for me on Zoom. So yeah. thankfully he does not do that. But he does still. How do you know? How do I know? How do you know we, we're, we're looking at each other. Oh, okay, you guys are looking. We're at just that. not broadcasting the video. We're just recording the audio. But okay. I'm looking deeply into his eyes the whole time. Okay, so you're sure that he's not I'm, like secretly wearing underneath his shirt like a like a little apron like a 1950s. Oh, he might be. I mean, he and, likes to get lost in characters, but he does. He really enjoys doing that intro thing where it's like, oh, oh, what's this? Uh, Somebody has just come into the recording booth with me. Yeah, he really. <laughs> He would like he would have like a guy with like a bunch of different props behind him like old time radio. If he oh, could. I love this! Can the first part of Garmin Scherzia just be uh, just just cracking wise about Halbert? <laughs> <laughs> and then on binge boys, it'd be like, let me tell you, you about have- Drew Grant. Oh boy! Yeah, Drew Bert. No, I would never. I would you, never do that. You would could do that, and I would probably have no idea until someone told me. You would not. You would definitely not. Know. I have gotten so bad at listening to podcasts, which is great because I do feel like I'm Garth Marenghi at this point, where I'm like, I've won the few people who have uh, written more books than I've read. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't listen to as many podcasts as I seem to want to start simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, I think look, it's like when you've heard podcasts, like you you've heard them. Yeah, it's not I mean, like you need to listen to thousands more to like get what this whole podcasting thing is about. No, but yeah, I, you understand. And not only that, but I feel a false sense of like real like I'm good at this already. Like I thought my radio voice was going to be bad and then I did one episode or something and I was like, oh no, I have a great speaking voice because now I like I slow down a little bit. My diction gets a little better. I talk a little deeper. And so my voice doesn't have that annoying sound that it does when I uh, like interview somebody you know, just had a recorder at a right. party or something. And I'd be like, hey, what's it like being Tim Heidecker? I'm like, terrible? Okay, cool, bye. <laughs> what's it like making original music? And I don't get the joke. Like, it was, uh, I hated the sound of my own voice. But now I sound great. I did, like, oh. a, po- a post-match. And I'm not like you didn't hear it, because I'm sure you listen to all the content we're putting out these days. But uh, I did a post-match analysis of my of my match with Griffey Newman. Yes, yes. Um, and then I, I killed it. I, I totally did a great job defending why I lost that match. <laughs> Excellence in broadcasting. That's I mean, all, uh, all the time. We don't have to go over it, but I'm assuming you did see the match. I saw the match. I did not see the the post match breakdown show, I mean, but I did, did you, see the match. Did you know those? Came, oh, you, we went over this. We you did. Know. I uh, there. I did not know that one. I did not know the good marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard of that movie. It's a really good. But it's not. I don't know about the movie. This really good novella, and yeah. I could have gotten it on the multiple. But I just I drew a complete blank. I did know the. Re- I did know Kazdan because uh, I wrote a video for Fandom where I went through what I consider to be a lot of the worst Stephen King adaptations, and Dreamcatcher was on there. My big thing, and I've said this before, and we don't need to go back into this. That's a whole other podcast. But is I didn't know Lawrence Kasdan was a guy. Like I thought George Lucas did all those Star Wars original ones. I thought he wrote and directed it. He right. did a really good PR job of convincing the world that like Lawrence Kasdan and that other guy who directed them. Like, the well, there's Urban Erwin Winkler who directed Empire, Irvin- and then. There's another Kirshner, not Winkler. Yeah, there, that was Kirshner, a different guy. Erwin yeah. Winkler was a producer. Erwin Kirshner, who directed Empire, and then Richard Marquand, who directed 
Jedi, but then there's also like Lee Brackett. There's like a bunch of other people who worked on I Marquand. I always forget, but he's not related to the other Marquand who can do all the voices. No, Ross. Well, honestly, I said when you asked me the first time, we were like, are Richard uh, Marquand and uh, Ross Marquand related? I was like, no. And then I was like, wait a minute, I don't know that. That might be his dad. And okay, I just you know never. What? Let me just. Let I just, just never made that connection. Let me Google this out to these, sir. If anybody knows, because it is like in. they have they spell their last names the same. I believe. I it's, hate how many Hollywood Hollywood. Marquand's gonna be yeah. or do you think that like Ross Marquand really loved <laughs> Jedi? Jedi and he was like I'm gonna grow up and I wanna Richard play Marquand like- also before he did Jedi the, the, the movie that got him the job on Jedi is this really cool spy movie from 81 with Donald Sutherland called Eye of the Needle Okay. Uh, and I watched it just cause it's like well I wanna see what George Lucas saw that was like hire this man and it's cool it's a good movie absolutely nothing to do with anything relating to Star Wars are they related? They are distantly related. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah they are just. Dis- I'm looking at uh, famousbirthdays.com. Mm-hmm. Um, he is differently. He is what? It's distantly related, and that it says it on the like the little thing, but now it doesn't I mean, say yeah, it in the article. I mean, yeah, it can't be that common of a last name, Marquand. But what? Like, Never where is he? Where is he distantly related to it? Okay, I'm just trying to see. It's <laughs> gonna make great content because uh, it said it on the little thing before you click the link. Anyway, right. The Marquand family, everybody. The Marquand, they're basically the Coppolas of... Uh, of voiceover and directing one Star Wars movie. But weirdly, Ross Marquand doesn't do any Star Wars, does he? No. He's, Even though he should. That he's Red like, Skull. He's the voice of Red Skull. He's the voice of like a lot of things, I feel like. like he was like in that... Well, he's in he, Walking Dead. He's in Walking Dead, but I feel like he does those little videos for Vanity Fair. Like when I did my oh, profile yeah. Christopher Walken, I like specifically opened with the Ross Marquand. Yeah, he does all those right collections where it's like... Brad Pitt and Eating John a sandwich, Malkovich yeah. and yeah, yeah. all the right, all those guys. They're really good, but like I would just think that like he's a he's a voiceover actor. Like he, that's something he does very well. Why hmm. isn't he in a like Clone War or or is he? And I just don't he, know. He might be in a Clone War. I don't know. So for this there's first, a lot of them Clone Wars. For the first of this episode, Will, and I did <laughs> I did have a loose idea. Oh, okay. We we came up with the name Garmin Shosia. We did because we both really like Twin Peaks and David Lynch. Yes. Um. Originally, the the original idea behind this was this was going to be a david lynch podcast yeah i think we've just been like Ugh, it's exhausting but the thing is i've said david lynch so many times in the past year and a half or like two years that it's lost all its meaning it's like the word box if you yeah. say box too much box 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 now when i hear like lynchian i'm just like my eyes just like glaze over and i'm like i don't even know what that means anymore it can mean anything well no but in fairness no one knows what that means anymore and it, people just say things are like david lynch when they're when they're weird yeah like, people send me on reddit or like twitter all the time i just get like constant like the only thing people send me is like on an instagram is like being like look at this episode of peanuts where charlie brown was acting totally lynchian like i yeah. have that clip right on it, me it, right now. Literally anything like absurd or abstract or surreal is like, that's Lynchian. It's like, honestly, the weirdest part of that is that Lynch is very specific. Like, yeah. it's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. It's yeah. not totally abstract and random. What I think I've learned from watching a couple people's like stuff and then also being involved with this Sign Peaks project on the side, which yeah. is like the Seinfeld Twin Peaks mashup. Now, which is going to be an actual pilot. I like recorded a couple lines. Like I'm playing... Uh, I'm playing the wife of that character that Kramer's always talking about, like that friend of his. Bob Sacamano? Yeah, I'm playing Mrs. Sacamano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like this whole thing, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's both weird and surreal and, like, funny, but it's also, like, pretty self-serious, too, in a lot of ways. And I feel like that, that guy has, like, a really good grasp on it, but I don't think I have a good enough grasp on Seinfeld to understand why it works. But <laughs> after watching, like, enough, I feel like specifically M. Night Shyamalan movies, 
recently. I'm like, oh, I get it. He's trying to do Lynch like dialogue. That's why his characters talk in a certain way. It's almost like he's very inspired by Lynch, and that I think is like what Lynchian is. Yeah, well, right. Like, characters it, in like M Night Shyamalan. Well, movies. it's like what I was saying about Southland Tales. Like that's never uh, a, a movie that comes up when people are talking about David Lynch because it's not. It's nobody's talking backwards. There's no red curtains. There's well, no it's jazz slow, music. It's, like, it's not ambiance. Right. It's more like fast action craziness. Yeah, but there is a lot of stuff in it where when you watch it, you're like, oh, okay, I get how this connects. Like, this obviously was on some level inspired by dream logic in yeah. David Lynch projects or like how it's always these like endlessly unfolding conspiracies that keep getting more complicated, but you never get any closer to yeah. salute solving any of them. And like, like that stuff is, and then, you know, like people randomly breaking out into like dan unmotivated dance, dance routines. Everyone and like, performing as if they are, have an audience in front of them. Right. That, that there's facets to their character that are just purely yeah, performance-based. There's a bit at the end of Satellite Tales where it's sort of like... The, they're the, in a Zeppelin. The, they're in a Zeppelin. The Rock's <laughs> character is like figured out his fate and that he's about to die. Which is what exactly? Let's just go back, backtrack. What is his fate in Southland Tales? Um, okay, the very basic plot of Southland Tales. Yeah, I can explain Southland Tales Go to you. Ahead. I've been through it a few I'm times. I'm moving now. back from the microphone and long ago. <laughs> so there was this scientific experiment that involved uh, The Rock as a guy named Boxer Santaros. He's a he's a film. I believe he's a film star in the beginning. He goes through this uh, technology, this device that he wrote a script, right? This is after. Okay. That it like uh, it, it somehow creates a duplicate of him. Okay. There's so there's 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 two of him. One of them immediately gets burned to a crisp and dies, and then the other one lives on and is the rock. It's at that point that his memory gets all jumbled. That's when he forgets who he used to be. He becomes this new guy, and he goes and meets uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and they write that script. Now, the script that they're writing is about his real experiences, but he doesn't remember that. He thinks it's just a script that foretells about all of but these But he's events. not living in the reality that he first started and he created well, he's a, a he's a alternate reality version of himself but like the world they're in is the alternate reality because remember sean william scott who is the other guy who like tran he crossed the boundary with him yes they they so basically they're in a they're bizarre in, world it's a like an it's like a it's a little bit like a donnie darko like yeah they've created this like alternate they vary they're very they're very and it's exactly it and that's what is have like that's sean william scott's sacrifice at the end when he touches his own hand because mm -hmm. two versions of the same person can't exist coexist is, yeah. they're like reuniting the universe. So it's right. another like Donnie Darko, you know, like sacrifice to save the universe type scenario. And so, but Sean William Scott, who also doesn't have very much memory, or maybe one of him has memory, but he's knocked out the entire movie, is that like, and the other one thinks he's a cop because these other versions that, yeah, it's like they've created variants of themselves. And some of the variants like don't have the memories of the, of right. the prime. I think that one one thing that really makes it relevant now to go back and rewatch it. The Iraq war. <laughs> well, no, it's like, I mean, there's a lot. But like, it, it there's a real sense. All the different stories are really about the end of the world is imminent, like visible, Im like yes. within a few days. And we know how it's going to happen. It's this thing out in the ocean that's creating it. And like the apocalypse is, is now. And 
people are just still going about their everyday normal lives, like bickering and whatever bullshit they were into, they're still doing it. it everything's added like a layer of intensity now. Well, and there's these vast, everyone's involved in some sort of like plan or conspiracy or like an effort to thwart, like they're either the resistance or they're right, part but of the it, like upper it, class. It, it's just know. this this living under this ticket clock and like, you know, like life just sort of goes on. It's not what you would think of as the end of the world where everybody's just screaming and running around or hiding. And I think... It, it does feel like relevant to the world today where every day we're just getting more and more news about like literally the end times are here and yep. things are on fire and everything's collapsing. And yet, you know, I'm still going to yell at a guy on Twitter for an hour about a movie. Like, Especially you're still, now you're going to yell right, at a guy on Twitter. We're, we're all still immersed in all the same bullshit we were before we knew what was happening. And it, it, so it, it does feel like oddly prescient in a weird way. Well, I think like right now it feels not to go too far off track about what makes it Lynchian. Excuse me. Is I was about to say what the difference is, I think, between the, the Richard Kelly stuff, which I think is, is maybe Lynchian in sort of the dreamlike logic. And M. Night Shyamalan, who's he's his logic is a totally different bonkers bananagram than Lynch. Like he feels like the need to overexplain his logic, but the dialogue, it's like that's yeah. what the ear is. Like it's like the way the characters talk to each other. Like, hi, my name is blah blah blah. What is your occupation? Like mm -hmm. it's the way they talk in these kind of stilted, like like it's just somebody writing out dialogue. But in Lynch, I feel like that's very purposeful. Like in on you know that's a aesthetic, that's a mood that people show up and they're like, I'm the cowboy. How many drivers does a buggy have? Right. Where in like the Sixth Sense, it's yes. like the kid showing up and old and being like, "Hi, my name is Jason. I'm five. What's your occupation and name? And like, what do you do? You know, like it's this kind of precociousness. I, I'm, I'm, I'm divided on how intentional. Like, I do think there's a level of intentionality oh, intentional. about about Shyamalan. Like, I do think he's setting, he's purposefully setting these stories in like these weird alternate worlds that play by their own rules and 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 aren't necessarily like people don't necessarily act like they do here like sometimes you're trapped in this like loop where people are strange and yeah people do talk people are strange i feel like the best version of this and no one's ever going to hear these sentences put together in this way before the best version of this is lady in the water right yes lady in the water feels like a twin peaks episode that was like it feels like it's set in the twin peaks universe and 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 wayward pines his the show he produced was yeah. a lot like twin peaks as I, well i feel like i would like it more if he didn't feel the need to over explain over complicate the narratives like like lady in the water is a great example of oh it might God. have been if he had kept it to just like a not explained fairy tale like things just happen and it's like that's weird and, and crazy the way they all talk is so weird everyone has their own distinct language and right. lingo and like everyone's thing is so different I and think it's like it I could like work that. on that level as a story it's just that you have to keep pausing to be like here's what that creature is that's and it, here's how it works and this here's the rules and it's like well that's boring i don't care about and that's, that that's the great thing about lunch he never told us what the rules were he's like no right. this is there just, are no yeah like why is that guy dressed like a why cowboy? is that it guy doesn't... living in the lodge like is he friends with this other guy or they hate each other like what right. are they business partners what are they doing there and why that's are they dancing and that's yeah you can all like most you can't get away with that if you're not david lynch like if you're making a movie at you know paramount <laughs> they'll be like who's that guy you have to tell us who he is i feel like yeah i feel like there's a movie i feel like this this, you, we, I can't tell if you watched this or not. The Predestination movie. I watched it, but I, 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 I remember... I feel like you're lying about watching it because if you've watched it, then you know what I'm talking about. No, it was like the Ethan Hawke and he's like a time lord or something. Kinda. Time detective. Sort of. That's, that's like all I really remember. Okay. 
Okay, so it's there's a couple more things to it than that, like gender identity stuff. And... Maybe I haven't seen it. Maybe I only oh, read about it. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking like you haven't, just in the way that we've been talking about it. Maybe. Like in you, I thought I had. Maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. It is it, that part is relevant, but then there's also like some some other swapping that goes on. But I feel like the Spree Brothers, who ended up doing like a Jigsaw movie, I yes. thought this, I thought this movie was really good because it didn't. It only at the very end tried to do the Jigsaw thing of like or the Saw thing of being like. Here's the entire movie as flashback because we don't trust you as the audience to like have gotten to where we are, even though like I got to where they were like immediately. And I was, that yeah. was like, that's part of great. the format though. They got it. That's like James Wan did that in the first one. Yeah. So yeah. You, you got it. But like I'm saying, not for Jigsaw, but for Predestination, they, oh, they, they okay, do it right. a little bit at the end. I'm like, that's how they probably got the Saw movie. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say about that? There was a movie recently that I saw, this movie Caveat on Shudder. I haven't seen this. Which is. When I say it's like the most effective horror movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I read about it. This is the one where she's like chained up in the house. The guy's got to stay at the house. And there's this woman who's like chained up in one he's of the rooms. He's chained up. He's chained up. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's babysitting her. And the caveat is that he has to remain in this in this straight jacket chained up. And the straight jacket like only allows him to move to certain rooms because it's bolted into the basement. Why does he agree to this? He, and can I tell you something? In the most awesome way, like, this character does not act like a horror movie character. He acts like he's seen a horror movie. He has memory loss. So, like, he comes in and he, like, doesn't... This guy shows up and he's, like, basically, like, we're friends. I'm your landlord. Um, remember when you said you were going to do me that favor and, like, watch uh, my niece because her, like, parents just died? And But, like, the thing is she doesn't really trust people and she's got, like, some mental issues and she lives alone. So, like, and she lives at the house still. So, like, can you just, like, go there and just watch her for the weekend and he's like okay i guess and then the guy's like okay let's go on this little river boat he goes on the boat and he's like wait i didn't i can't swim like i didn't know about the boat aspect like he's immediately like suspicious and then they get to the house and the guy's like oh by the way she's like really like worried about getting attacked in the middle of the night and she's like like schizophrenia so Mm -hmm. can you just put on this jacket that won't allow you into her room because there's not enough like slack and he's like no so it's like a, li- a little bit at yeah, a time a little they, bit they time. seduce him into this crazy scenario yeah and like basically the, the, the entire time he's like so dubious and he's like i don't this isn't great but you know he sees the girl and she's mm. clearly very like you know catatonic disturbed whatever she's got this little rabbit that every time she walks into her room it like makes like like yeah. a little drum noise it's so creepy <laughs> when i say that this is the most effective horror movie i'm saying that like it used its scares in ways that like i was up to like six in the morning Light was like coming out of the windows, and I was still like under the covers, being like terrified to pull the covers down. Wow. So I was afraid of seeing some of the imagery from this movie. Jeez! And it was so effective, and it just used its scares really wisely. And nothing about it struck me as Lynchian. Like it just didn't. It just seems like its own thing. It's very like sparse. The characters talk in like a pretty normal way. In fact, they talk in like a sort of chill way, considering how intense their situation is. Right. Like they kind of have like a familiar manner they're just like oh you know mom went crazy and she locked dad in the you know this kind of thing but i was like i reached out to the director afterwards because i tweeted about this and it got a lot of pickup and shutter retweeted it and rich rich summers reached out about it and he was like this was a great movie like oh. thanks for introducing me to it so i reached out to the director and the first thing i noticed is he's only tweeted three things and like two of them have been about taking david lynch's master class and like how obsessed he is with david lynch and i'm like oh so I didn't pick up on any of that watching this movie, but I wonder if some of like something must have like come across or something that's like a similar aesthetic or maybe just people who like David Lynch will also like horror movies that are very different. But like there's nothing that, that supports Lynch being in this world at all. Right. Yeah. I well, think. I mean, I like I do think there's just technique wise, like 
he uses a lot of the language of horror movies, even though he's not, I guess, like, Firewalk with me is kind of horror, but yeah, I say this movie. This movie's the same. It might have supernatural elements. It might not. Like it's just, it's more just like a thriller that has a really creepy right. Hook to it. But yeah, like I, I feel like even if you're not taking like thematically a lot from Lynch, it might be like technique stuff. You know, yeah, like there's just like ideas for how to build suspense or oh you know, like there are right. some scenes in there that like because that's haunt like me. Lynch is very good at building suspense. Like people always talk about that that scene behind the the Dumps. diner. You know what? The... You're right. That's what it is. This whole movie is that scene behind the right. diner. Right, and that's that's just Lynch using the language of horror movies to like it's build just, up. It's just he doesn't have a. There's not a guy with a machete coming out. It's like a. It's, it's the just woman creepy from the nun. Or odd or right. It's, it's the, the woman, woman from the, the nun. It is the woman from the nun. Yeah. Dressed like a sparkly hobo. Yeah. It's uh really weird. The Winkies. Uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, oh it's it's te- I, it's terrifying. I think that's one of the scariest like shots in movies. I think this that might be only second to the shot from Inland Empire where Laura Dern is yeah, running her, towards the camera her and her face starts distorts, to distort, yeah, yeah. and like you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, this movie has some iconography in there that is that level of terrifying, and it just has built you up in the suspense that you're just like, like it is truly terrifying and i could not recommend it highly enough if yeah, you love horror to, movies did you see uh you saw possessor right the, the oh, brandon cronenberg yeah. that was pretty good i, I was like that one too yeah. i also think like bold move if you're going to be a cronenberg and like your thing is not to do the joe hill thing of being like i want to write horror stories but i don't want the stephen king name attached so i'm going to change my yeah. name to joe hill make my own movies brand cronenberg's like no I'm going to make David Cronenberg movies, but like better. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do exactly the same kind of shit with the same last name. With the same last just name. Go for it. With the same themes and then just yeah. like make it look better and make it more like, I don't know, less less gritty, I feel like, and more like cerebral. Yeah, well, right. His, 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 like, it's, it's like slicker. Like mm-hmm. Cronenberg was making these really like handmade, like throwback kind of horror films that were just like they had this like intellectualism about them. Yeah. And this doesn't feel like that. This feels like he, he jumped right over the rabid era and went directly into like Dead Ringers. Yeah, or like not even Dead Ringers. It feels like he went into like the Videodrome concepts right. and he was like, but let's make it look like, you know, like a color out of space but, man. Yeah, but even like, that like Videodrome is still like Rob Bottin. It's all that practical gore effects and stuff. And like this almost feels like we're, we're moving in the artsier it, it was absolutely artsier. There were sh- there were shots that weren't just homages. They have the chairs from Dead Ringers are like the are yeah. like bigger versions of the, sh- the chairs that they have to sit in and put their heads in. Like Listen, it's if, when that when you could just hit up Dave for advice on your horror films. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't know. It feels like if I like I feel like I would have a chip on my shoulder about that. If I was David Cronenberg's kid and I want to make horror movies and I oh, want to make sure. them about intellectual heady well like they concepts. All, I think you got it. You kind of have to own it. You can't. You you can't be Destry Spielberg. You know, if you're going to be out, did what? you read about this? The, the no. Destry Spielberg says so that's Steven Spielberg's daughter and she's making this film and, and I'll, I'll look it up. Everybody involved in the film is like also the child of oh, yeah, someone so, so famous. Possessor, by the way, that the, the husband of the main chick right. was, uh, was uh, Sutherland's kid. Yeah. And, and, and like that part's fine. It, it's just the people were, you know, kind of making fun of it. And then she came back with this, like, actually... There was no nepotism, and I'm oh just God. a you're you're crapping on a female filmmaker who's making her dreams come true. Oh and my like, God! Oh and, my God! And like, you can't, you don't want to do that. You wanna, you wanna own it. Yeah, here it is. It's a uh, the right way, starring Hopper Penn and Brian Darcy James from a script by Owen King, and I believe Owen King is also related. Maybe to the other King. Stephen. Uh, that's crazy. 
your argument can't be you. You can make the argument that you're shitting on a woman's work in a way that you wouldn't shit on like a, the son of of Spielberg to make movies. That's like maybe a valid argument. You can't claim that there's no nepotism because she's a woman, and therefore, like, you can't like. Well, it was. It, it, was it wasn't like there's no nepotism. It was like the name only gets you so far, and well, then the if you're not you hardworking friends. and talented and all those other things. You won't make it just because of your name. I agree. I agree with that. That's absolutely true. I believe a lot of the nepotism that we see in Hollywood, it, it's like goes in the right direction. Those kids work extra hard to like well, be, some, you know, to prove themselves. I think sometimes, right? Sometimes there's story spellings, but a lot of times yeah. there is Nicolas Cage or like you sure. Know. I mean, I, I feel like there, you, you, unless you are dedicated and hardworking and have talent and are good at what you do. Yeah. There's no way you're going to get, like, a successful career just because you're the son of someone famous. Like, even Jaden and Willow Smith, on some level, have to fucking bring it when they have something And they have, have to show up for work, and they've got to, yeah, like... They, they can't just be, like, you know, the the rich, you know, boy, yeah. you know, like, child right. boy, you know, heir to something. They have to actually show up and do the work. But yeah. it is also, like, starting the race, like a third of the way down the track. Right. Like you got to acknowledge else... like you had this huge lead start. You still had to do the work, but like, well, and everything's about the perspective. Well, who are you hiring? Why are you hiring them? Like, it's like the same thing as like Lena Dunham stuff. And I, and I like Lena a lot, but it's like, why are you hiring uh, the this daughter of a very famous person? And like the other daughter of a very famous person. And like, you're the, you know, like the people that you know, and the people that you're associating with by definition also yeah. are, I just, yeah. I just think it's, it's just, it's such a better approach to just own it, to just be like, look, my, my dad made freaking Jaws. Like, I, there was never any doubt that if I wanted to try to get into movies, I was going to get a shot, and I'm super appreciative of that. And I just hope that I use the opportunity to make something cool that everybody's going to like. Like, that's, that's all people want to hear. They don't want her to go. They don't want Despy Spielberg to go work at a coal mine somewhere. Yeah, we all want to see her make films. Yeah, exactly. It's just we also don't want you to treat us like we're idiots and assholes and talk down to us like we can't tell that it was a huge advantage to be Steven Spielberg's kid. You know, it kind of reminds me. I've been rewatching the show Succession uh, mm -hmm. recently, and it's. It's just so good. And it's so good because so it's made good. by the peep show guy. Like, it's made by the other <laughs> it's half. True. Of, it's made by Jesse. Jesse uh, Armstrong. Jesse Armstrong, yeah. who's incredible. And, like, you can just tell because that show really wants to be a, like, corporate thriller Shakespearean drama. But the dialogue is you all. Just can't like, help himself. The dialogue is just, like, literally it's just Mark and Jez talking to each other. Like, yeah. it's just their inner monologues at all times. <laughs> well, he, you know, he wrote, it was a script about the Murdochs. And it was, like, explicitly about, like, Rupert oh, yeah. Murdoch. And then it was, like, but he, he felt so penned in because you got to try to write, like, those real guys talk. And it's, like, it's oh, so much more fun. Sued, too, I think. Yeah, but it's just, like, it's so much more fun. It gives him so much more freedom to just make up people who can be much more clever than Lachlan Murdoch would be. You well, know? I will also, like, the Murdoch kids are not the exact one-to-one. -one. Like, he doesn't have, I think, the daughter that's like the Shiv equivalent, who's also in Predestination, by the way. Uh, very. That's why I started rewatching because I was like, man, Shiv, I forgot about her. She's great. The fucking Culkin, Kieran Culkin, yeah, who yeah. I think we all knew was the best Culkin. I think we've all known that for a while. Solid Culkin. He's a good Culkin. I think. I mean, I don't know who you're trying to impress here. If you have like a date with Macaulay later, but I'm gonna go ahead and call him the best Culkin. He's, he's no, listen, strongest. of the three Culkins I can think of off the top of my head, yeah, I would say Kieran Top Culkin. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, not, I'm not holding that. And a that. product of nepotism because of Macaulay. And, the, and I'm so... Well, glad. okay, a little different. Like, sure. Oh, I'm guessing their parents had 
were in the industry in order for them to get. Yeah, I mean, like, like, sure, but I don't know if being the younger brother of Macaulay Culkin is as big as being the daughter of something. Like, you're, you're, how much work is your child who's an older brother going to do on your? Well, he was in Home Alone. Lakiran was because, like, his brother started it. No, listen, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's varying shades of degrees. All I'm saying is, (laughs) I think the world is so much better for having Kieran Culkin in it, even if it means that, like, I celebrate all the Culkins. What is is with you? You're giving this look, like Rory. How dare you besmirch the name of Rory Culkin? I feel like you. You know Rory on a personal level. I don't. Level. I've never met a Culkin. You want to be involved with like bunny ears or whatever the name of Macaulay's thing. That's is. Macaulay. Yeah, would be, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's you, you got something something going on there. But uh, I'm a member of the Pizza Underground, his band, <laughs> his Velvet Underground cover band that changes all the songs to be about pizza. Who's he with? I don't want this to become like Who Weekly, but who's he dating? He's with somebody. Is Macaulay Culkin with somebody? Yeah, he's with he's with like some, like a pretty famous person, I think, and I'll, whatever. I'll look it up. Well, you while you're doing talking. that, while you're doing that, I did also want to have some prompts that were based on my emails because I always thought this was going to be a good idea for a podcast. Oh, which is, I get I have twenty thousand unread emails. Oh my god! Uh, because I just can't with it. Oh, right it's now. Brenda Song. Yeah, who's that? Oh, she's in stuff. She was like a kid actress. She was on. Uh, she was on the Nickelodeon show "A Hundred Deeds for Eddie McDowd," and then the Disney Channel Wait, film. This is, this is the worst name I've ever heard for a kid's show. That sounds like a. That sounds well, like a. I'm reading. Cop- she was like, you know, she was one of those, and then now she's in, you know, what's with that name? The brief. What was that? Say that again. A hundred deeds for Eddie McDowd. She was the star. Doesn't of that. that sound like like some? T- I don't know, like some David Copperfield like shit. Like that does not sound like something your kids are gonna like want to say. It's on the a, you know what it sounds like. It sounds to me like one of those like Disney movies, but from like the sixties. Like yeah, the Apple mouthful. Dumpling Gang and the Computer War Tennis Shoes and a hundred deeds for Eddie McDowell. I feel like it's supposed to be like the mixed up files of Mrs. Frank. It, oh, you know, that, like, yeah. It's supposed to be a little preca- like precocious. In the <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. It's like you expect kids to be like, have you watched last week's episode of the Brief Foundry Live? Uh, okay, know. I'm gonna just read you the plot uh, summary no this is the opening it opens with a with an intro to the character at, in the opening credits oh okay so give it to me i'm annie mcdowd i'm a dog and i talk i used <laughs> whoa, to be whoa 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 oh i gotta keep going stop no i used to be a kid a bad kid but then i messed with the wrong guy no. he turned me into a dog Honey. can you believe this that freak turned me into a dog to be a kid again, I have to do 100 good deeds. No. And the only person who can hear me talk is the last person I picked on. Now I'm living with this kid and this family. No. They treat me like a dog. Wait, wait. Pause. And I'm saying that Oh my God. Who do you think played Eddie Dowd? Take wait, is Eddie Dowd a girl or a guy? No, Eddie Dowd is the boy who's been turned into a dog. Oh, so, so most of his boy. role is a voice okay. role. Okay. Um, Brenda Song was the female lead. I'm going to say it was, it's somebody pretty famous like now? It's somebody who was, then went on to be on a much more popular and famous show where they played one of the main characters. It's Rob Stark. Great! It'd be so good if it was. No, it's Jason Doring who played Logan on Veronica Mars. Oh my God! <laughs> He's wait. So how long ago was this show? This, it was. It was. It had to be pre-Veronica Mars. No, does it? Because or is he just playing like a kid's voice? Oh, he, maybe. No, this was two thousand to two thousand two. So it was before, oh my God. It was before Veronica. Guys, if you guys are big stands of the... 100 I, Deeds for Eddie McDowell, oh, this 20-year-old Nickelodeon show. I only want to say like the brief life of Oscar, Ma- or like that book, the brief 
Life of Oscar uh-huh. Mao. Yeah, that thing. And I want to combine it with Andy McDowell's name. Like, yeah. this is never going to stick the, in my head. The ultimate, the answer, by the way, to the question of how is Brenda Song famous, you were right. She was on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. She was oh, London Tipton. Okay. So you just picked like an arbitrary title. That I was looking at Wikipedia and that's what they put in the top. You know what? We're just going to go down this rabbit hole. Tell me more about this show and let me figure 100 out. 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowell. No, do you think it was nepotism that Logan Eccles, uh, that guy, got the role because I know his family is Scientologists, so they're probably in the industry. But I, I, I would, I would, I would take a little bit of issue. Like I don't think joining Scientology is the same as nepotism. You're, you're taking a, you're, you're taking that step. Like if oh. you join the Church of Scientology for the career opportunities, that's not you inheriting it from your dad. Um, you, no, but I'm saying if your parents are well connected. Yeah, I mean, if you grew up in the church, I guess. But then it's still just. Oh, like, I don't know how. Like, if he found, it. I guess, I guess I assumed he was like Beck, like at the family's into it. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, anyway, that's 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 a whole nother matter. But the sweet life of Deck and Co. The sweet Deck. Oh, life. his dad is a millionaire, though. <laughs> oh, his dad is a millionaire. His dad. Uh, his dad was the CEO of Neopets. No. <laughs> Doug Doring, yeah, the founder and executive chairman of Age of Learning, he- Inc., the ed tech company that created ABCMouse.com, Early Learning Academy, Reading IQ, you know Adventure what? Academy. I want an escape room that's just based on the life of this family. Like, I, want, <laughs> I want an escape room CEO with Neopets and Veronica Mars theme, and then right. also this hundred lives of Oscar McDowell, the, the, Andy the McDowell. hundred deeds of for Eddie McDowell because he's got to do a hundred good deeds to turn back and into a boy. And is his name Eddie McDowell? Like, Ed McDowd, M C D O W D. I don't. When people say letters out loud like cheerleaders, I get very dyslexic. I can't do the thing where I can hear the let. I can't hear letters and make the word in my head. So say it real slow. I'm showing it to you. McDowd. Oh yeah, that's never going to say that. Then title is terrible. It's not a good title. It's not a good premise. It's a great premise. Can I be honest? It's a fantastic premise. Uh, That's the best premise I've heard in... By the way, that is someone's like... That is a writer's like... He didn't... Jason Doring literally just played the physical boy. Once he gets turned into a dog, Seth Green did the voice. What is going on? I know. Do you think Seth Green introduced Brenda to Macaulay Culkin? Oh, shit. Wow. Like on Robot Chicken or something? No, that honestly... But very likely happened. That very definitely could have happened. Wait, so Logan Eccles, one episode. Well, hang on. I mean, would Jason, what do you, would these guys even know each other? Seth, Seth Green and, and Nicole Hogan are like best friends. No, but like Logan Eccles, because he was just, he was the kid on the show. Oh, I'm saying, and the guy they, was I'm, doing the voice. I'm just saying how Brenda. Yeah, but I'm saying like Seth Green was just a voiceover actor and she was a live action kid. Like they wouldn't be interacting. I don't know. when Seth when Green Brad, would be in a booth doing like, woof, woof, I'm a dog. And yeah, she'd but, be on the set being like, you silly dog. But Brad Dorf, when he played Chucky, he, like, they had a matchup. I don't know if the dog had a matchup its 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 mouth with the... Probably not because it's the thoughts of the dog, right? I'm guessing, though, that they had to have, I like... The some, dog, I bet the dog only talks to us. Yeah, but, the, no, the dog talks to the one kid. Well, but I'm not moving his mouth. I bet we could just hear the dog. For the reaction shots, I don't know if this was filmed from a live studio audience. I'm guessing they needed Seth Green to actually be there saying the lines in order for them, like, to know the beats, to pause in between things so he could have his little witty... Like one-liners in his head, you know, like it's kind of like. I feel like for this Nickelodeon show, there was like a grip who was reading the dog's lines. That would be my guess. Okay. I don't know. How would that work in front of a live studio audience? How would that work in front of a live studio audience? Lawn, a grip reading the lines. You've of this got dog me there. I, do they even have live studio audience for Nickelodeon sitcoms? I mean, 
great question. I don't know what's a Nickelodeon sitcom. I mean, they don't really these these shows don't really exist anymore. Like live action comedy shows. There's no for, Lizzie McGuire. There's no Hannah no. Montana. Like D- Disney Channel does still have a few because I have to write about them when they put them up on Disney Plus. Oh, like baby. there's one there's one where it's a family sitcom and it does have an audience because they pause like. Every pause, act, like the P A W S. they they pause the show because like every every With every act of the show, they let the audience vote on like one thing that's gonna happen. Oh, so it's like weird. It's like the the dad's boss comes over and is like, "I got this family a a surprise," and then the audience has to vote on what the surprise is gonna Wait, be. So the audience doesn't vote on like the actions the characters will take, like a choose your adventure. The audience votes on arbitrary, items. arbitrary like things that the actors will have to do. So it would be like, oh my god, the, it's like an improv game. The pro, it, it's ex- very much like watching people do an improv game. Except yeah. the improv has been scripted because it's only one of two. Branches. So like the prize is gonna be you. I got your family a dunk tank versus I got your family this loop de loop that you ride around, and then the people vote on which one they want to see the actors have to. Right, do. but like, they, but you you don't get like a suggestion from the audience. It's not any given thing. No, it's not like I need a, we need a post office. All right. And I need a country. No, it's not. That that is literally a mad lib. Like that is taking a concept that I guess could be cool, but like is mad libsing it in a way that's very not fun to be like, here's the object that it's going to be. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like so much work. Oh, this is the dog. It's just like so much work to, I don't know. No, this dog doesn't look like it's the same age as this boy. This dog looks like a <laughs> middle-aged. an old dog. They picked an old dog with soulful eyes. It's really... probably easier to, to get an older dog to like this sit still. This dog looks like it's and... dying though. Is it supposed to be his it, age? It is weird that it, it's not like you would think it would be a younger dog. Like a puppy. Well, puppy, at least like a, a one or two year Look at its dog. creepy eyes. I mean, I love dogs that have eyes like this, but like did Logan Eccles have eyes like this? Like, it's a very, it's such a weird. This dog looks like they, they literally photoshopped a, a human's pasty eyes onto this. I just think it's weird that like a kid sitcom would have a premise that's so like, that would be so traumatizing for a child. Like, it's not traumatizing. To, kids, to, imagine being animals. turned into a dog and you can't go home. No, nobody can, you can't communicate. You can't Pinocchio tell your mom. Is, it's like no scarier than Pinocchio or like 90% of kids Pinocchio is scary as shit, man. Oh my God, you joined my ex-husband <laughs> in that belief that Pinocchio is too scary to even be told the plot of because it Well, I'm not, I'm not personally scared, but I'm saying like if you were experiencing what happens to Pinocchio well, it would be very even would, children understand that they be, are not experiencing it would be action. existentially terrifying to be Pinocchio well, it's not just he's in scary scenarios he's questioning the like how do I exist what am I well exactly that's why children can be told these stories because they don't have the existential dilemma they're just like oh look he's a boy and his thing they don't have the because he was a puppet now yeah, so he's a boy he doesn't un- they don't understand it as children they're like sociopaths so they don't understand that like as a child being turned into a dog would suck. They'd probably be like, "That's awesome, huh? Like that cool. Now I'm a dog now." I do feel like I don't know. As a kid, I feel like I, I would be upset about like, so I can't like my mom's not gonna know. Like if my mom and my dad were gonna know I was this he dog, would probably de-emphasize that. And if, if he had a bad home life, if that's why he's yeah, maybe, bullied. maybe, maybe he. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like maybe it's just one dad and the dad doesn't miss him. That right? Much. Okay. Yeah. And this is dad like doesn't it, miss him. It's a happy Nickelodeon show. It's like oh, I'm a dog. My dad doesn't miss me, so well, it's he's going a bully, well. So like. Like, I remember one time in middle school, there was this girl that was, like, her and her friend were always really picking on me. Like, just terrible. Like, making fun of me all the time, making fun of my friend all the time, like, calling us fat, saying that we were ugly. Always making fun of us in the locker room. You know, like, the one of those things where it's like, you're in middle school and you're just, like, taking this and abuse for, like, so long. Mm-hmm. And then one time I just turned to her and I went, you're so fucking poor, Ashley. 
I was like, you're so fucking poor. You live in this trailer park, like down the street. I don't even know how you're like beating up on me every day because you're poor and you don't have a father. And it was so intense. It just burst into tears. And I don't, to this day, I felt like, oh, see, there's a line, but there's also a connection there between the type of person who's going to be bullying me. I also was a huge bully and my home life was fine. (laughs) Uh, I think the other side of the story is I was awful. I was like the Liz Lemon who thought I was like the geek, but when he turned it back the tape, like it's like, oh yeah, I broke that kid's arm. I mashed that other guy into a water fountain. He lost his teeth. And there was like another incident where I knocked somebody's teeth out. Yeah, I was the worst. But my home life was pretty okay. I was just like chill home life. <laughs> so maybe it's not always one to one. I'm just saying that I imagine the guy who. I don't doesn't... think it is. I think I think that's one of the things bullied people tell ourselves to feel better. That bullies are like they. It's always like they're just this open wound, and they're everything about their life is terrible. And that's why they're taking it out on us. Like sometimes, yeah. but other times people are just assholes. Well, like some kids, people are just kids, assholes. Kids are especially assholes, and I think that they what we get out of it is like unless your parents are very good at like creating boundaries for kids, then they will take that asshole right. just to school. So it's either like neglectful parents or over-hovering yeah. parents. Some, some of the worst people I know have parents who seem to me to be pretty pretty okay. Like yeah, but that's, that's the whole point. They seem pretty chill. <laughs> they present as chill. I want to get into uh, what makes a good parent. Because as a wow. childless person who's, Let's dig into it. who's literally all my friends had kids. There's like that Bo Burnham song. All my friends had kids yeah. at the same time about like a month and a half ago. And I've just decided that I'm like the arbiter, like because I realize I'm the only one without a kid at this point. Me, you, me. It's well, the, we, got the two, we got the two. We got the two childless adults to come here and talk about how to be a good parent. Well, I'm just saying, as as the I'm the only chick that I know without right. without right. a kid. That's like from my before life. You know, all my other friends who were like my bridesmaids and stuff. Yeah, like no, all all of my old friends have kids now. And I'm just like that must be something you wanted so badly and it is it's something they want so badly they went through like IVF all this stuff and I'm just like man I really wanted these dogs so bad like the the dogs that I have and I love them so much but like I don't know if I would spend my like pittance of a life savings you know or I would I I love these dogs and now I'll do anything for them but I don't know if that made that a goal in life and certainly not if I was going to be judged about it and like that other people are coming over and being like, oh, that's a badly raised dog, even though mine is objectively a badly they're, raised dog. They're fine. They're doing great. They're thriving. It's well, it's not my fault. They had bad parents. They're, listen, <laughs> when you when you adopt a shelter dog, it's like if they're not totally cool with dudes, you can always say it's because like it's, it's, Yeah. I was just gonna say if they're not walking around like like if they're eating and walking and wagging their tail and hanging yeah. around, they're they're good. You did a great job. What I'm saying is I don't let these dogs out of the house. We very rarely even take them on walks. They don't socialize with other people or other dogs. And yet I feel the need to turn to my friends and just go, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you? What was this about? And I have to see pictures of them all the time. Is this what your thing is now, kids? Uh, 10 years ago, almost exactly 10 years ago, uh, I because my, my, my ex, uh, I dated uh, Danielle for six years. Um, and she we, weird, we, we, weird flex but okay what i said weird flex but okay <laughs> i'm just saying we, we we had a conversation about you know whether we were she she always wanted kids and i was like open to it but didn't like it wasn't like i'd really like to have kids it was like if that's really what you want let's talk about it yeah that was kind of my my take yeah on, yeah on i think that was our that, that was me and like i'm like i'm not and i'm not like never but like i voiced what i thought at the time was a pretty reasonable opinion which, which is, is like i worry world. a lot about yeah. bringing a kid into a world that feels rapidly deteriorating and that was before this was 2011 2012 so like we knew 
things were rapidly deteriorating, but it was not there it was still President Obama. Yeah. There was no pandemic. You know, it was like it was no a stimmy. There was no stimmy or pandemic. It was a it was it was in some ways a a more innocent time, but it was not like 2012 we were all walking around like everything's super. Like well, we knew we had that John Cusack movie a couple of years prior to tell us that 2012 could 2012 have been a- <laughs> we were right on the brink of the Mayans saying yeah. it's all over. You know what the Mayans were not that far off. You know the Mayans they were, a- <laughs> I mean considering how far back they were working they they nailed it. Like yeah, they, they got pretty, pretty close. They pretty much called it. That'd be a funny sketch, like a like an old Mayan priest being like, come on, we're come on. so close. Look, you got to give me this one. The thing is, you guys added in daylight savings. You had that, the like, circle. Added. The circle should be turned this way. Yeah. You had it slightly turned to I, counterclockwise. I, I really think if we counted in for clock, like for like daylight savings, they were probably right. That would probably gain us enough years. Oh, what's that noise? I think it's gardening outside. You folks might hear gardening going yeah. on behind us, but... Or maybe not. Maybe let's go Just forever. deal with it. Uh, what I was going to say is I feel the same way. I think my... Oops, sorry. Oh, we're being... We, we have a thing here. I'll just press pause for a second. No, no, don't. Don't, oh, don't, don't, don't press pause. Let's we, can, we can edit that out. That's easy. Um, what I was going to say is uh, I remember feeling my things about the kids stuff is kind of the way I feel about dogs, too, which is I don't want to give birth to one. And that's basically <laughs> the beginning and end of like where my feelings about having a child are, which is I'd love to adopt. I'd love to foster. I'd love to have a kid that's not, doesn't have my genetic issues and doesn't have my quirks and all this stuff. I'd love to take someone else's kid that they didn't want and raise that child lovingly as my own. I do not want to have like a parasite growing inside me for nine months, <laughs> burst out of me like some sort of chest hugger, but the wrong way. And like ruin my body, and the whole experience seems so Cronenbergy horrible that I don't, I don't get the impulse. So I guess there's something wrong with me. I don't think there's something wrong with you. I think what I'm saying is, there's like always going to be some percentage of the population that just doesn't have the strong, strong and impulse as everybody else. And there's going to always going to be pops for pop, uh, part of the population that is, uh, you know, antisocial personality disorder. And there's always going to be sociopaths, yeah, I mean, and they're always going to be. You know, like, everything is like a parabola, you know, like most people What's are a parabola? like like a, where one of those loops where it goes up in the middle and then either side. Yeah, it's a bell curve. Uh, where yeah, like the, the 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 extreme ends, it's not nothing. It doesn't go to zero at the extreme ends. It just tapers off. And I'm really good with kids, and I actually love being around kids. And I find kids to be way more entertaining than adults most of the time because they yeah, will listen just, to my it's stories. Like you just got one chemical different than another chemical in a different person's brain, and it makes them baby crazy, and it makes you Pokemon card crazy. I mean, I quite honestly. I feel very superior about it. Like, even though I know <laughs> that to, like, them, I feel like a very sad person, probably look like a very sad person filling their lives up with Pokemon uh, and, like, a bunch of other, like... Also Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh, sorry. I laugh like I have any idea what that thing is. No, I just buy and collect the cards and I resell them. It's no big deal. But, yeah, I feel like that's also, like, a, a thing. Uh, anyway, which, at the which, time, at the time we had this argument, uh, my ex acted like I was like that was a totally insane, paranoid, crazy thing to say. And then I told, so what tone did you use? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and and then I told a few other people about it, and all of them responded the same way, like, "Why would you ever say that?" And I was like, "It's true." And they were like, "Why would you say that to somebody? That sounds awful. You sound awful." It was like, I, I didn't think it was. And now I see people saying that all the time. 
Oh yeah, well because like now, now people will true. just tweet like I can't believe anybody would have a kid this year. And like, I try and I don't. That's not why I judge my friends for having kids. No, no. and I look, I and judge I, them for completely different reasons. And I know a lot of people who have had children the last few years, and I'm not saying this to judge them either. I totally get it. It is. It, 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 why would you want to bring something in the world that's going to hate you at some point? It's going to hate it wasn't dogs even love that. you forever. It, it, it's. <laughs> I I have so much I have so much anxiety about yeah. myself. Yes. That. The idea that there would be someone who I care about so much, yeah. I'm so invested in, and they're like two years old right now and staring this down. Like the only thing that gets me through the day is like, like I'm going I'll to be die. dead soon. This won't yeah. matter. I only have to care about myself and like I will not have to bring this genes oh, on. Li- literally a lot of the time that's what gets me through is like, well, things are going to get really, really terrible, but nah, I probably won't be around. I mean so. like, all, well, that's just, it's that. It's also thinking what my genes would be like in somebody else. Yeah. Like, oh, well I'm, that too. That, sure. like, I'm just like, who would want that? Just, no, I think about this that all the time. crazy inside of someone else. And then you could nature versus nurture. If I wanted a little video Drew, I can raise a little video Drew. I have this like friend who I wasn't even that tight with in high school who has this little daughter who's like awesome and who I bonded with very quickly when she was a very young baby. And now I see periodically, Angie, she's the best. Whenever I see her, she like smears lipstick on. She's like, I'm video Drew. And like we get along <laughs> like gangbusters. Yeah. Angie's the best. I can teach a kid to be like me. Uh, it's not like some innate thing to be as weird as I perform as. Um, I did want to switch topics a little bit, even sure. though this is exactly where I thought the conversation would be going. Of course. Um, Gordon Ramsay named sexiest male presenter. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. Is this new? Well, it came from a publicist. So these are the kind of emails that I get <laughs> uh, every day. But now I wait, them. I, I sense maybe through the use of the term presenter, they're saying just the UK. Uh, I think that what this is is uh, his own PR people. Like, I don't think this was an award or anything. Like, just, his own PR people like, you know what? You're hotter than Richard Hammond. We're yeah. going to make yeah, a no, press release look, about it. Listen to this. British chef Gordon Ramsay has been named the sexiest male TV personality in a brand new study following a comprehensive Twitter sentiment analysis. This is more right, so, for... Yeah, they did, a, they did a Twitter study of, I guess, who, who people say use words like around attractiveness about him but like i feel like this study was probably solicited by gordon ramsay's people like because it says new research provided with within the self-made celeb study yeah maybe uh reveals that ramsay has the highest influx of positive tweets that include the word sexy in it it would be either ramsay and his team or that whatever company put this together is trying to promote their how they did it like their software that they use to make this analysis and this is the thing they chose to analyze to like well yeah but here's here's you're right i think you're right when i used to work for like ranker we would do that like how can we apply our ranker data to something that would be interesting so like we did one where it's like you tell us what tv shows you like and we'll tell you what so this is a promotion for you salt. like but yeah but to use gramsy's name in the head of this i feel like is to implicitly have his permission because here's the other people that apparently got named on this list uh paul hollywood he's great great british bake-off james may i think you're right this is all it's british. definitely british yeah. um, uh, Piers morgan is sexier than paul hollywood no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I also don't... I, if they're just going off the word sexy and who uses the word sexier, sexier or sexiest when used in a sentence, it might be used... Like, if you're just looking at the Twitter analytics of it, they might be used, like, in facetious or sarcastic or, like, he's as sexy as a lump of coal. Or they roped in sexist 
Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it, they meant for sexiest, but oh, you're right. That they might have just disgusting put a... sexist Piers Morgan. The I'm sexy. sure. People I'm just sure that's typos. tweeted all the time. Here's the list. Okay, so it goes number one, Gordon Ramsay. Number two, Richard Medley. Don't know who that is. Number three, Jonathan Ross. Number four, David Attenborough. I feel like they were really scraping the bottom of a barrel, even for the British. His, I mean, like, dulcet tones for sure. But like, none of these are like okay. Noel Fielding, I guess he's also in the Great British Bake Off. Paul uh, Hollywood. Have they run out of British presenters? I feel like there's not all, that many. I mean, I feel like there's a lot. Like many, what, what they got, like four networks. Yeah, but like all they have is like. <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, I'm kidding. UK. Jamie I know you have Oliver. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the Naked Chef. Sure. Louis Theroux. Yeah, we, we throws a good-looking guy. But now John Oliver on here. Uh, well, he's ours now. We 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 took we stole him from that. Oh, that's right. We did take them. Uh, so uh, Peter Bennett, head of brand marketing at Fair Casino Play Ojo. You want to unpack that before I read the rest? Fair of Fair Casino Play Ojo. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know either, but I'm going to Google that real quick. Uh, comments that the analysis, although it is clear that stars featured in the analysis are hugely supported by fans online. It is interesting to see how online sentiment varies from person to person. No follow up. <laughs> it's also encouraging to see cool. the yeah, like I don't know what that means. Like uh, it's also encouraging to see the majority of interactions around male stars are positive and complimentary. No, they're not. Like if you're looking at the Piers Morgan tweets, like I'm I'm sure the amount of times he's been called sexy. Versus the amount of negative tweets yeah. that appears more. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of this is going to come down to their methodology. Like, are they looking at responses to things these guys have tweeted? Are they just doing searches? Are they just searching top tweets? Or are they searching all tweets? Oh, well, look, I can I can click this link and find out a breakdown. I don't really care. You're much. right, but like, uh, <laughs> wait, oh, wait, wait. Male celebrity celebrities conducted by online casing, casino and right. bingo site, Play yes. Joe. That's exactly what it is. This site that does betting stuff, they're using this to promote. To like, but then maybe also to try to like fix the ha- like fix the bets somehow, like try to like know who's going to win. Like if you're trying to, well, I'm, I'm assuming that's what they're promoting. It's like their their system for like. I don't know. Yeah. yeah but Predict, prediction engine or whatever. But if they're supposed to be the casino, then they're just supposed to be the house. They're supposed to be the place. No, for like on. sports betting. Like, you okay. you know, if you were like, who's going to win the Churchill Downs or whatever. Well, here, Playjo.com does uh, entrepreneurial breakdowns by gender. Uh, they I don't do know what that means. ideal entrepreneur. And then they do self made celebs. I don't know why they're I don't know what them. any of this is. Or and then means. there's like a bunch of little side tabs. And uh, anyway. So there you go. There. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, I just got to the... Yeah, you're so. like, let's play some, gonna play some online Okay, now I found out what mommy's gonna be doing the rest of the time. It is weird that now I have dogs, I also refer to myself as mommy. Mommy, yeah. I refer to myself as mommy <laughs> all the time. I'm like, mommy's got it. And it feels like very natural. It feels like my entire life I've been when waiting I, to say. When I do Taco's voice, he will occasionally refer to me as Papa. It's really? True. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm always like, you don't want mommy's full attention, do you? Yeah. Like, I'm like, do you actually, I'm not, do you want mommy's full attention? I can give you mommy's full attention. Um... They're like sometimes not- in the morning, if he like sometimes he sleeps in the bed with me, but sometimes he sleeps on his own bed. But then he'll come check on me, and so yeah, that's wake me up. Every and so that's what it'll be like. Oh, is is Papa stirring yet? Papa, yeah. Papa, 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 is Papa stirring? Do you ever do the game where you um put a blanket over your body or head and then just let them? I guess if you, it's better if you have two because that way they can freak each other out. But they just start going ape shit trying to find you even though no tacos in. tacos wise to the blanketry because he goes on he loves to go under, like going under the blanket. blanket so as soon as i go under the blanket he gets all excited and comes up because he thinks i'm gonna open it and he'll get to come on they, they scratch it so hard they scratch it <laughs> yeah. so hard like they're just trying to burrow me out from under yeah the he, he loves he loves 
warmth under yeah. a, under a blanket. That's, I mean, they, that's like one of his one of the Taco's top things. Maybe they think I'm 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 in distress. Is that what it is? Maybe. No, I think, I mean, I Taco just likes to snuggle. He's just a he just wants close. Oh, holy shit! All the time. I just realized something. The other email I was going to read to you uh-huh. by the same publicist. Of course. Sex in the City fans crowned Charlotte York as the favorite character. Charlotte, really? Come on. Right. So no. there's a new is Twitter the, analysis. Is this the same? The same Twitter company analysis. did the same analysis. Yeah. Your way. Uh, some uh, Charlotte York is the fan favorite character in the Sex and the City series ahead of the upcoming reboot. And just like that, I didn't know yeah. there was a reboot named. Yes, but no Kim Cattrall, Samantha Jones written out. But wait, it's a reboot with the same actors. HBO Max revival. They're they're saying it's just going to be one season. But Sarah Jessica Parker and the other two whose names I'm blanking, Cynthia Nixon and uh, Kristen Davis. Yes! Uh, those no, three. She's never been in a movie that will never become relevant. <laughs> I'm just excited that I remembered their real names. Charlotte, sexy- Miranda, and Carrie will be back, but no Samantha. But like, but like a lot of other people, like Chris Knopf is coming back is big, and like, like almost the entire supporting cast is back. Uh, and they're just going to do 10, 10 new episodes for HBO Max. That's not a reboot. Let me be very clear like what that is. That's it's a revival. A, it's a revival. It's season. a revival. It's a reunion. That's not a reboot. Well, they aren't. They are, in fairness. It's an alternate reality where like they know. No, but they are, they are adding a, they're way beefing up the supporting casts. So there's going to be, because they, they were very, they heard the criticism that the prior Sex and the City show, despite being set in one of the most diverse cities in the world, is very white. And so, but they added Jennifer Hudson in the well, movie. Well, they're, they're now they're, as, a, as yes. the helper. They're doing like eighteen times what they did in the movie, where they're beefing out the They're adding a lot of different people, How so it have, might end up being a reboot because they might end up spinning off some of these other stories and do another. We show. already have Carrie, the Carrie Diaries. Well, that's a prequel. That's different. Okay, but like this a, <laughs> a reboot would imply like a like a bizarre universe. It's a Kang the Conqueror situation. I, I agree. A reboot makes it sound like it's a new gossip columnist and it's her like friends, girl. and it's t- present day, and maybe she's aware of the previous column. Right, right, right. Gossip Girl is a reboot. Right. Like, you this know? is this is a direct like revival where it's like they're they're she's gonna come back and play Carrie for another season of shows. And so let me just go. Big is still in the picture and whatever. Let me just go through this stuff. So they're just probably going to write out Samantha's dead, I think. They're not going to pretend like she never existed. She died of cancer. No, they're definitely not going to pretend that she never existed. They're she, just going to they're gonna have to... She died of cancer because she had cancer in a previous I, I feel like that's pretty likely that it'll be that she's dead or they will just do a, like, she's off doing like something. She's, she's like Paul Walker and like Fast and Furious. Yeah. She's watching the kids. And then she drives up in a car at the yeah, end. She's <laughs> in in port in the very end. Yeah. But like she would never watch the kids so she's she's busy taking care of all that dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean like correct. She's dating some celebrity and they're off on tour or something. I mean. Like they, they, they could come up with something. But they would need like they would I need, don't know if they're going to kill her off. I feel like it's just a, it's well, a, it's a, it's a somber note to start on. But except that if she was not coming back and it's like a wage thing, or that must be something. No, she's doing. She's she's doing some like space thing. She's doing something else. Sorry, she's going into space. I, I don't know if she's going into space or she's doing it. I read I read something about this. I'm she's gonna look. She's doing it up. a space thing. Is like pretty vague. And in 2021, <laughs> can mean she's a lot doing of some things. show that is interacting with the space program. But I'm not sure if I remember it involving her going it to involve, space personally. If you think she's fucking Jeffrey Bezos, I think she's fucking Jeffrey. <laughs> Bezos. Okay, so uh, just real quick, Mr. Br- the study also found that Mr. Big is more popular with fans of the show than Samantha Jones and Miranda Hobbs, but was beaten to second place by Carrie Bradshaw. 
I mean, no big fucking surprise there. I mean, he's a reprehensible character, but Samantha and, and Miranda are... Yeah. They have ugly sides to them. Real ugly sides. Uh, and so does Carrie, actually. Mr. Big is, I think, by virtue of just being two-dimensional a little bit more and not as yeah. horrible. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. Uh, she's not doing a show about space. There she's was, going to space. No, NASA was doing this like promotional thing, and she jumped into the Twitter thread and posted shots of her in like a bunch of astronaut gear, and people were like, what the hell is Kim Cattrall doing with oh, space? Oh, but it was just a goof. Oh, she yeah. went where'd to she, space camp in 2013 yeah, and just posted it. Where did she get the astronaut gear? Do you think maybe she's fucking Jeffrey Bezos? I think maybe she's... That would be Blue Origin gear. Well, what, is that, what does that little symbol say? No, that's NASA. She really went to space camp. What do you mean she went to space camp? She, like, like, she visited the, the space camp site in 2013 and did a tour and they dressed her up like an astronaut and she did the you whole mean she deal. she did like zero Gs? Isn't it hard to go through the She spent some time at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, so it proves that she has an interest in outer space. So let me just Google yeah. uh, Kim Cattrall, <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos wishes. Yeah, no, he doesn't because uh, he's the richest man in the world. He could literally have anybody in the entire world. Do you think so? I don't think that's true. I mean, I think once you can. get to a certain level of rich, it's all right. Like, do, do you care? Will you, will you, are you going to leave the guy with $500 million that you're with for a guy with a billion dollars? No, I'm saying it from the other way around, which is Jeffrey Bezos can have any woman in the world. I don't think he's like after Kim Cattrall. She's attractive. I'm saying both, to me, both, both Jeffrey Bezos and Kim Cattrall can walk around. And if anybody strikes their fancy, there's a pretty good chance that person is going okay. to agree to hook up with them. Okay. 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 Let's see. Kim Cattrall feels marginalized. Jeff Bezos, uh, Bezos is stripped out of space. No, no, no. Jeff Bezos is a live girl text imagery. Let's see. No, I can't find it. Let's see if she's, she's got a $3.25 million state that might be near Jeffrey Bezos's well, in the Hamptons. So maybe they made some Probably going to meet up somehow. You know what? I should have done the other thing. Her and Elon Musk might be having an affair. No, he's with, he's, he's faithful to Grimes, you I'm sure. So? No, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Ever I don't since know. I saw that Taika Waititi, Rita Ora, Tessa Thompson picture, I'm mm-hmm. like celebrities. They're I don't. They know. don't have. They have different rules than we do. They don't they're play. Just, they're three way kissing outside of like a tender greens, like just like that's a normal thing that we yeah, do. Yeah, it's all, all different rules if you're a if you're a big celebrity. I've never felt so much FOMO as I did looking at that specific. Who photo. who did you? Who, which one of the three did you want to replace? All of them. I wanted to just be invited. Like why was where's you, you wanted to be four way. Yeah, I wanted to be four way. I also just like the idea of like because like I would say like look, uh, Rita Ora, a very good looking person. Who is she? What is she doing? She's again? a pop singer, but like Sorry, she guys. she's obviously it's two A listers and a B lister. Let's be honest. Sorry, we're waiting for that mowing noise to die down. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Uh, yeah, I think that I don't know. I didn't know who Tessa Thompson was except for Veronica Mars and like you know Tessa she, Thompson from like Thor. Yeah, but, who, but, the who, made, but and... who made her famous from Thor Ragnarok? It was Taika. Like Taika, she one... was the Creed. I think was her big was, moment. Okay, Creed was big. She she's also been in a ton of shit. Like yeah, she's been like, Mars. You know, Annihilation. And... Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like I feel like the moment that broke her out was definitely yeah. as Valkyrie. Sure. Um. Kim Cattrall is saying... Uh, <laughs> You're fascinating. You're going to prove Kim Cattrall is okay, yeah, no, dating the, the tech yeah, giants. Yeah. I'm going to say Kim Cattrall dating... You know what? I'm just going to go with this. Kim Cattrall dating NASA. 
Is she dating Paul NASA, the founder of NASA? Dating Spaceman. Maybe she's dating that gay guy from NSYNC. No, I was I I was totally out to lunch on that whole thing. She just jumped into a Twitter thread and posted herself in space gear, and I naively assumed she was making a space thing. She is dating. She's been very secretive about it. She's been dating the My Pillow guy. No, that'd be amazing. Uh, Russell Thompson. Um, Who's that? He's a position. He's a broadcaster at the BBC. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And they ranked way below Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, but he went to meet the actress in Canada. Let's see. Let's see if he has a connection to Elon Musk. Now I'm obsessed with finding out where Kim Control is going in space because I don't want to think about she's the not. people that are going to get she's the. She's not. I was wrong. I know. I mean, I know. But here's <laughs> okay, the thing. Okay. As long as I you know. feel like. As much as I don't believe conspiracy nuts and all this stuff and like, you know, the stuff that sounded crazy like a couple years ago, whatever. Like, but I do think that there is probably a space program for the very, very rich to get the fuck off this planet. And that's like where they're putting all their money. No, I I, I think they love that and they, they're trying their very, very best. That's what I'm saying. They're but I think they're, I think they're, they're, it's pretty clear they're going to run out of time. Like, we're not going to figure out how to create a livable, fun colony off earth like we don't know how to make it comfortable in space or on another planet and like i don't think earth is going to be around and hospitable long enough for us to figure it out oh it's it's gonna be i think they're gonna miss their i think they're gonna miss their escape cutoff i think we're thinking about the apocalypse the wrong way the apocalypse isn't gonna be like this one event that's gonna be like the big bang the apocalypse is gonna be like a slow drying out it could last another century i think yeah but i think these guys are this current crop these guys die there's no way elon musk is going to be living on Mars in no, his lifetime. We're, we're, we're many, many decades away, if we ever get there, from figuring out how to not make it like the worst experience of your life to be on Mars. For even like one minute, being in a dome on Mars would be the worst minute of your life. Oh, I feel that. I feel that so hard. But you and know what? The, the, we're, no, we're, we're so far away from it not being like from, from comfort, you know? Like we just picture like you're in a space station. And it's just like, no, like Mars home. Is, no, it's, every depiction of Mars has never been one of comfort. Like it's, it goes back from like total recall. Mars looks fucking yeah, awful. Yeah, like every moment that you're in, like, what was that? Commander Mark Kelly is the guy who spent a year in space. John and, Carter. Yeah, like when they, when they talk about it, it's like, Every moment that you're in space, you're aware that space doesn't want you there and you don't belong there. Yeah. And like one little thing goes wrong and you're just dead. Gravity and, is the scariest movie that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I don't I don't think Elon wants any part of that. And I don't think you I don't think, think he wants to go to space? I think he wants to go to I think he would love to live in space, but I think he's also loves being comfortable, like in an air conditioned room with food and TV and like stuff to do and Twitter and like I think he would be miserable on Mars, and I don't think it's going to get better by the time he dies. I think he's going to miss it. Oh. So I, it, it, this is another one of the things that gets me through the day and gives me a little bit of pleasure. It's like these guys, no, all their money, they can't, they can't actually leave. There's nowhere for them to go. Uh, I'm, I'm really realizing this show is just going to be me finding stuff on the internet that we need to talk about right now. That's true. I, I, I told you that's my friend Kale's uh, oh, yeah. Twitch show where he just pulls stuff up. Well, and I, I don't want to just steal directly from Who Weekly, which I, again, don't listen as much to, but I, I do know uh, Lindsay Weber and Bobby Finger who do that show. It's very popular where they talk about like B-list and C-list celebrities, but I didn't know this. Mayim, is her name Mayim Bialik? Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik uh, is anti-vax. And then she wrote, she wrote a, she wrote a thing a few years ago. Like, like she's, she's come out and since said that her family is vaxxed and she believes in vaccines, but it was basically like 
parents should be free to not get their kids. So back. maybe she shouldn't be the new host of Jeopardy. Well, she shouldn't be the new host of Jeopardy just generally. Because she also wrote this piece uh, for the New York Times uh, where she that was the Me Too one. This, this was really the Harvey bad. Weinstein uh, victim. Did you read the the piece that I'm she reading wrote it right now? Oh my god! It was basically like I feel bad for all these women, but also when I was in Hollywood, I just dressed really conservatively and people oh, left she, me alone. No like, offense, but she also looked like my inviolate. Like she's well, no, that that that's kind of what she's saying is like it, it, it's it is very victim blamey where it's just like if only you would all acted like me and been proper young ladies then maybe this wouldn't have happened oh it's yeah like, it's like the, the the oh god yeah it's like reminds me of the line from fleabag where she's like i always worried that i wouldn't be as feminist if i had bigger tits <laughs> first line of this is as a proud feminist with little desire to diet get plastic surgery or hire a professional trainer i have almost no personal experience with men asking me to meet them in their hotel room right it, 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 well what the fuck lady yeah it's 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 just like yeah, like, and that, and that's that's virtuous, you know. Yeah, like, they have the lug. Don't we don't meet the impossible standard of beauty? Have the luxury of being overlooked. In yeah, the case like, of like men oh, I didn't care about getting work done on my body like some superficial monster. But, it's like if, shut the fuck up. But now blossom. she's also framing it with the word luxury in quotes and with the idea of like I didn't have the luxury of being overlooked and in many case ignored by men in power unless we can make the money. So it's the idea is that she's also still complaining about the fact that she was like overlooked. Like she's you know like, this 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 child actor who's on a famous and on a sitcom when she was a teenager. Yeah, she's like well, she had it's so rough. Yeah, she, Jesus <laughs> so maybe not the best replacement for. She went to uh, UCLA when I went to UCLA. I would see her on campus all the time. Who you know what would be a better one? Two Who's... famous people went to UCLA with me: her and Urkel. Oh. Uh, I had Lena Dunham, <laughs> the Sarah Vile Bliss who did Search Party, and Ben Sinclair who did High Maintenance. Oh, and uh, Jenna yeah. Weiss Bergman, who I feel like does a lot of podcast stuff. Sure. And a bunch of other people too. She's got a great, like, rich New York lady name. Jenna Weisbergman, yeah, yeah, she's a really good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who it should have been the Jeopardy host is the chick from Boy Meets World, who's like an actual like physicist or like mathematician or something. What's her name? The like the not Boy Meets World, the Wonder Years. Oh yeah, Danica McKellar from the Wonder Sorry, Years. Yeah. She's a mathematician. Yeah, yeah. Give I was like, to- I was like Topanga. I no. got the for a second. I thought it was Topanga. But- no, Topanga's married to the 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 shrimp guy. The the I found shrimp tails in my cereal guy. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck is that? Do you remember the shrimp? You don't. You must remember the shrimp tails in my cereal guy. Is this a, is this a scandal? This guy on Twitter. I'm gonna look up his name. He posted this tweet that went mega super viral, where he claimed that in his box of cinnamon toast crunch, he found a couple like shrimp tails, like that looked like they had been pulled off of a shrimp and put. What you're telling me is that like you only understand her fame as relative to the guy that she married. No, to I'm saying. I'm saying. I, it was a weird collision because I was like, wait, she, I think the, the thing so that she I, can't host Jeopardy because her husband found no, shrimp tails in the it's like, she's not a, she's not a mathematician because she's married to the shrimp tail. Guy. Right. A real mathematician would know better. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's a really bad stereotype, Lon. <laughs> Look, if you have, if you're married to the goof, uh, the goofball who, this is why, about, uh, Jensen Carp. Wait, Jensen Karp? She's married to Jensen Karp? She's married to Jensen Karp. By the way, Karp. Jensen Karp is very famous for doing a lot of things. Yeah, but he got canceled after the Shrimp Tales. Oh, wait. Why How do you not canceled? remember this? Wait, what happened with the So shrimp Jensen Karp did this super viral tweet about claiming that he found Shrimp Tales in his cereal, and it was very divisive for a few days, where people were like, you didn't really... Like, people were hanging on his every word like what is the company going to get back to you what are they going to say and he was like he was he was following it all along like a narrative but then people started coming out of the woodwork like hey you know that funny shrimp tails guy that you're all retweeting he abused me in our last relationship and like Holy like shit. several women came out to claim that he was 
a monster, like a terrible guy. Oh, I think I'm thinking of the guy who started Tumblr, who I did know. That's no, that's guy. a different Jensen. I yes, like. that is a that is a different guy. Okay. This is not the Tumblr guy. This is like he he's like he is a, like a humorist, and he'd written yeah, remember, for some remember, stuff. Remember, like he was a, he was name. a guy. He was a dude I knew before the Shrimp Tales. So he so he's but gone forever. so he like left Twitter. No, we never got closure on the Shrimp Tales in the serial story. Okay, and yeah, he just disappeared. Time. But that's the thing I remember most about him is that he. The, I forgot that. I in the middle of the whole thing, the Shrimp Tail thing had been going on for like four or five days people are hanging on the whole thing and that's what it came out like you know who this guy's married to topanga which just reignited the whole thing like what when, when do you think this happened because he's still posting as of march no i'm not saying he's off twitter forever i'm just saying like it this thing blew up and like ruined his month when though like, what, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'll look it up i'll look up the when the shrimp tails thing oh wait wait oh my god it was and the last thing he's doing it was that- early it was it was pre it was just pre-pandemic it was march 2020 and now what he tweets is honestly i would still eat this and it's somebody not tweeting at him just saying cinnamon toast crunch tempura shrimp like all he's doing is like capitalizing on yeah this. yeah oh he's my still god. it was march 2021 so it was earlier this year it was also oh, was this year yeah that this he got canceled Listen, when I say canceled, I mean it in the way like he got yelled at for a few weeks. Like nobody gets, there is no such thing as be, there's no like department of cancellation and you go get canceled. Like Louis C.K. got canceled and now he's doing a nationwide stand-up tour. Like he was at Madison Square Garden the other night. Like You're right. So so now he's playing off the shrimp thing and not addressing the other thing. Yeah, he, he, he took off and, and didn't address anything for a long time because people were like, you're an abuser. And now he's back and just making jokes. Let's see, let me see what his likes look like. Okay. okay. I, I can't, how did you miss this? This was like the biggest thing you on the internet me. for like a week. I don't pay attention to Twitter except wow. when I tweet into the void. Like I just look at their main stories. How about Bean Dad? Did you hear about Bean Dad? What's a bean dad? Oh my god! Oh wait, maybe I'm, I think this should be our podcast and me telling you about what's, wait, Twitter things I that think went he viral. Told me, okay. Bean dad was a guy who he he wrote this long. Wait, thread. can I try to guess? Can I try to guess sure. what he is? He's a guy who who had a son and his he was like, when I'm back in my day, we were so poor we only ate beans, and so he made his son eat a bunch of beans, you're, and his son like tweeted. You're like really close. You're actually almost got this. Oh uh, my god! Okay, I told you, I'm so good at narrative. So he's that he 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 wrote this very long Twitter thread, and in it was a story, and it was about I believe it's his daughter, not his son, and she asks him to help her open a can of beans because she's hungry, and he's like, kids love beans, and he's like. Let me turn this into a lesson where I'm going to teach you problem solving. What? So he's like, you tell me how you, here's the can opener. Here's the can. You show me how you would open the and can. she's like, dad, that's not how this works. Well, and in his narrative, this goes on for hours, the, the whole day. Right, the eight hours of this kid trying, and how but eventually, but eventually like she, she did, this is, this is how kids learn or whatever. We have to stop. You know, don't do everything for your kids. Let them learn and experience. You, so you teach a man to fish. You don't give the man a rod and go he, have good luck. It was so funny because he tweeted this whole thing, obviously yeah. thinking this is like an inspiring story that parents are going to love about how to share your values or whatever. Yeah. But literally everybody responding is like, you're a fucking monster. Just <laughs> feed your child. <laughs> like, it was so hungry. Why are you putting her through this? She's going to spend her entire life feeling bad about herself because you do this to her and you're running these monstrous psychological experiments Wait, so on which her. one of these bean dads is the bean dad on Twitter? I'm going to look up who the guy is who we all started calling bean dad. But he's another guy that like took off for like a week and then came back. John Roderick. John Roderick. Oh my God. John Roderick. That, that was January of this year. Okay, so here's the thing. 
Do you think that story really happened? Or you no. Think- I, th- I think that's what was so funny. Why do you have so many more followers than me? This is fucked up. Because he's being that. Uh, that's what was so funny to me about it was like, it's one of those things. Like I love it when his pin tweet says, hi, friends, I'm staying off social media and focusing on writing essays. And that's from uh, February. And then his most uh-huh. recent tweet is, uh, you know, from... June. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't keep to his promise. Didn't, didn't uh, I, um, what, what was I? Oh yeah. I, my, my theory on all of those kinds of threads are there's always, it's like, there's a nugget of truth. Like it started with something true and then it just gets embellished in the telling. Well, also it sounds like it very much from resembles a Looney Tunes cartoon segment, which is they get stranded on a desert island and they have uh, they have <laughs> like, can yeah. they have a little I know, can they have to open the can I remember. And they don't have the can opener and they're trying all these like lever pulley systems. It feels like maybe he just yoinked some But no, but he did she had a can opener. He was just trying to get I her know. to figure out how to use a can opener on her own without being shown. I'm just saying the narrative structure resembles yeah. that of a Looney Tunes. Like the I, idea I think, of the hours. I think his kid probably asked him how to use the can opener and he probably spent like three minutes letting them try it before just showing them and, and then was like, oh, I'm going to tell Twitter about this hilarious moment, but I'm going to make it like yeah, I need to a see real it. story. So I'm gonna make it like eight hours of up and down and back and forth, and that oh didn't, God. and just didn't realize that people would be like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, I, I deranged. I wait, wait. So okay, so he probably I need, deleted the. Tweets. I need to find the thread. It's gotta be like it's gotta be like Zola or whatever, right? Yes, it's very long. Yeah. yeah no, he he deleted them and apologized. So apologized for six. It was six hours, not 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 eight. I mean, you know, the kid in real life would just would just go do something else. Like the kid would be like, I'm obviously not getting help with this. I mean, I feel like, yeah, within moments, the kid would just be like, mom, dad's making me mess around with the can opener again. And then mom would be like, just open the can. And even after this, I think he deleted the thing, but I'm guessing it must oh, have Oh, he been. definitely deleted it. Was it after he wrote this tweet in uh, December saying, just placed a very complicated hamburger order via app to be delivered complete with milkshakes for five picky people with quote unquote needs, including a vegetarian and a child who wanted quote-unquote, extra crispy fries and so forth. I feel like mission control when Apollo 11 went behind the moon. What? Like, he is so aggrieved by by demands yeah, of... Yeah, no, no one, no one and nothing is good enough for this dude. He's oh, just, like, like, withering... Or he's content. just already... These people, like, these millennials, like, these... Yeah. In, my, my kid wanted extra crispy fries. Learn uh, how to make your own fries crispy. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, it's, right. It, oh it, we, it, bring, it brings us back to our, our ultimate, like, like, why did these people want kids in the first place if they're so, oh. they've got no, they've got no patience for oh. the mind of a child. Oh, oh, please tell me this isn't who I think it is when it says post a picture to get with someone slightly more famous than you. The middle one? Was it Al Franken? Who's that? The middle guy? I thought that was uh, McGinnis. No. It looks just like him. Is he? Yeah, I think it is. It looks, like, it looks a lot like Gavin McInnes. I'm pretty sure that's Chris Novoselic from Nirvana. Okay, maybe. But I'm pretty sure that is Gavin McInnes. But maybe this part will get cut out of the podcast before I say I think that's John Roderick, Bean oh, Dad. Oh, no. You think this Bean Dad that's, looks... That's Bean Dad. And no he's posting himself... Way. He's posting this image bean of himself. Bean Dad is like a, a, is a literal... Doppelganger together. Yeah, that's John Roderick in the middle. I that's... believe he's posting this picture because he's standing next to Chris Novoselic. I can't stand that. That's weird. What a weird variant. What a <laughs> weird variant this is. 
No. Was he, so he was famous before this too? He was like kind of well known? He's a writer. So like, you know, I feel like he wrote. You're right. He's the guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause that's Chris Novoselic from Nirvana. Okay. So what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I mean, um, he looks like Gavin McGinnis. It's not, it, it, they also kind of both look like Matt Groening, I think a little bit there. Yeah. Matt Groening. Maybe they're related. I'm going to Google Kim Cattrall space. Kim Cattrall space, Bean Elon Dad. Musk, Bean Dad. We got a Gavin whole. McGinn. Proud Boys, Bean Dad. Uh, yeah. Space control. I think like we got, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that wraps I it up. I think we got to wrap this up. This is, this is a really no, long that, pilot. Can I be honest? I was like, that, that's the theme. That was Space Dad to Kim Cattrall's From, from Beans to Space. Yeah, from Proud to Beans to Space to Bezos to. That's Lynch. the title for episode one. Congratulations. We did it. We did it. Uh, where can people find you? Lon? Oh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at L-O-N-S. I'll share everything going on with Bean Dad and all the other main characters. Shrimp Tails guy. <laughs> Never miss another Twitter story of the day. You, we do look to you. I will often find Eric like just like scrolling through your timeline because I think you have the most like probably the funniest and most topical tweets of uh, anyone Aww, we have on our well, timeline. You're very, you're very kind. And you also like great those open ended engaging questions that make people want to like you know be like here's my opinion on stuff on the Dune poster or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, the Dune poster! I couldn't believe I couldn't oh believe how many god. just how many like thoughts people had. Because you know Paul. You're going to see the movie. Like, yeah, Dune, Paul. starring, you know, Paul, that guy from space. That should be the title. Not Dune, Paul, comma, that, that guy, guy from, from space. space. What, you want a last name for it? Okay, fine. It's Arrakis. It's Atreides. Atreides. God, if I Arrakis fuck that up. Arrakis is the planet. planet. Of course. Paul Atreides. Yeah. Uh, Atreides? Atreides, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, like, honestly. It's like I'm getting confused with Atreyu from Well, Denver. yeah, the Lynch movie is the only place I've ever heard any of this shit, like, pronounced. Like, I read right. these books. Who's the book on tape by? Is it like a... I don't know, but I, I, like, read them with my eyeballs, so I don't know how any of that shit is pronounced. I, like, totally, if, if, if they don't say it it's in the Lynch movie. It's melange. Yeah, like the Quitsots Hatterack, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like I like that a lot. Uh, I might read Dune before it comes out. I do, like, Denny Villeneuve, who I'm assuming does pronounce his name like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not I believe Nueve. Villeneuve. Or not Nueve? It's not the... Denis Villeneuve, I believe. Really? Because... Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Because, like, French would be Villeneuve. Okay, well, we'll figure this out for another podcast. I, somebody else told me that, so I could be wrong. Uh, did he? Was it direct from source? It was not Denis Villeneuve. I've never met Denis Villeneuve. Okay. I'm going to... You know what? Real quick, before I give my... Shout out to where I, you can find me. It is just video drew across all things. You can just find me on social media, on eBay. Not as much on eBay. I'm Mercari. Another thing I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, and what? also, it's, it's a selling site where I sell Pokemon. Oh, so. okay. Uh, you can also find me writing for a show, a little show called RT Essentials, which hey. I believe is on the Roku. It's no. on it's it's on both. It's on the Roku channel and it's on Peacock. It's on Peacock, but I'm not sure if the episodes have updated in a really long time on Peacock. Last time no, I well they it you're there's two there's like the two Peacocks. There's the video on demand Peacock where they stop putting up new RT essentials. But there's a Peacock channel on oh. uh, there's a Rotten Tomatoes channel on Peacock that just 
runs different stuff from Rotten Tomatoes. Is that where my content lives? And that's where our content lives. I but it's along with like a Rotten Tomatoes is wrong episode or like... And you, you don't know, know what time it's going to be on. No, later. it's... Just, I, I mean, I, there may be a schedule somewhere, but I don't know what it is. So, it's OTT programming, folks. Right. Check it out. But it's also on the Roku channel, also has a Rotten Tomatoes channel that also runs RT Essentials episodes. So, okay, just check it out any given time. If you happen to catch an RT Essentials, it will have been written most likely by me or Lon. Well, definitely by one of the two of us. One of the two of us. So try to guess. That'll be the fun game yeah do yeah. they give do they give us a credit at the end i've never seen like all the way through do we get like a writing credit i actually don't know I don't oh know. that's gonna be interesting to find out i don't know if i've ever seen credits on an episode oh you're right huh i don't think i do credits huh anyway you can find me over there you can also find me uh, that's what the money's for that's what the money's for <laughs> yeah we're like click hole at yeah. this point uh you can find me doing the movie trivia schmodown and on my youtube channels where i have a bunch of shows but guys, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you probably already know where to find me and where to find Lon because you're a fan yeah. of one of us. Yeah, it's so true. I don't, I don't have to do the whole plug thing. Just know that there's other media formats where you can find me and I'm going to figure out a way to get this up on Anchor, which can then disseminate into the podcast universe. Oh yeah, thing I don't disseminate know. it. Yeah, I just I don't know the podcast universe. So it involves different apps, different programming. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll get this going where where people Look find podcasts. Look at all podcasts. the equipment I own now. Like this I know is it's very it's very impressive. This is Elgato, 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 Elgato. I'm like a Willy Wonka Elgato system, guys. This has been Video Drew and Lon Harris, and we have brought you the first episode of Garmin Shosia, and we hope you enjoy. And I also hope I pressed record. You did. I okay. Saw you. Then I press erase or just no, just bye. Stop.